My name is Jeremy Devins, and welcome to the Quiet Mind Yoga Podcast, episode 98, Gentle Yoga for Hamstrings and Back, and the Yoga Sutra philosophy of when negativity arises, cultivate the opposite, or Pratipaksha Bhavana, from the Yoga Sutra. So in today's episode, I'm sharing all about this, one of my favorite threads, one of my favorite verses of the Yoga Sutra, it's Pratipaksha Bhavana. It's a good phrase to remember because it's very applicable to yoga practice and everyday life and it essentially means when negativity arises cultivate the opposite or you could say it as mindfulness of opposites so opposites are the core of everything that i teach in yoga postures can either be active or passive moving or still strengthening or stretching sometimes many of these things at once right because there's always this play of these different opposites these different ranges of motion so for example do you have low back pain so you could look to the opposite of the body to see what's going on there a good place to start is the transverse abdominals that's sort of the corset muscles the deep core muscles that support the torso are often weak and this is why you see sometimes weightlifters using a weightlifting belt it's sort of simulating the action of the transverse abdominals and can lead to greater low back pain and that muscle is often weak from because we're sitting a lot and we're not actively using it and not even aware of it. And this is uh, something that I, I've done in other episodes and I do with private clients where I have them work on just engaging, just isolating the transverse abdominals, which is much harder than it sounds. It's very easy to overcompensate with bigger muscles. And that's an issue I didn't even realize I had until years into my own practice. So now I know when I'm tense in an area of my body, it's likely due to some sort of imbalance. The imbalance is always unique to the situation and the individual, uh, especially when I'm working with different clients, different ages, different backgrounds. But it's a good place to start looking, of looking to these opposites. So is if they're having back pain, look to the front of the body. If there's uh, issues of weak, weakness in the core, maybe there's something in the back of the body that's overcompensating. So resolving the imbalance requires some experimentation, uh, to explore the polarities of strength and flexibility, movement and stillness, active and passive. In short, that's stira and sukha. Right? That's the Yoga Sutra, stira, sukha, asana. So all postures are meant to be both having stira and sukha, firmness, engagement, and strength, and ease, suppleness, softness, receptivity. And this applies to the mind and emotions as well. For me, in my early 20s, I struggled with depression. And it wasn't until I found out about gratitude journaling that things started to shift for me. And instead of focusing on what, what wasn't working, I began to seek out what was working. And I tended at this time in my life to be more cynical and judgmental. And this practice got me to cultivate the opposite polarity. And it wasn't fake or forced either. So each day I really looked forward to finding three things I felt genuine gratitude for. And soon it got me excited for each day and excited to get to the end of the day and like what three things could I write down today? And just the whole day I'm now I'm starting to think about like what can I create today that's going to make it to that list? And eventually was, I'd end up writing much more than three things. And this led me to trying many things outside of my comfort zone, including my first yoga class. Right, so this was back in my early 20s, I started this process. This is before I even did a yoga class, but I was into meditation and mindfulness at that point. Uh, but if I didn't start doing this gratitude practice, I don't know if I would have actually finally had the courage to go to a yoga class 
back then in, in like 2008 before it was so popular and so common for people to do yoga and i didn't know about pratipaksha bhavana or any of these concepts but applying it without even really knowing it was what got me out of my depression and just kept doing the things that felt sort of energizing enlivening engaging and those became more and more the the state i cultivated and i can look back now and see that i had cultivated a specific state every time i complained judged compared and wished i was something i wasn't i was cultivating a more depressed state of mind a more cynical state and then the gratitude practice helped me cultivate the opposite it was slow it was a small it, it didn't happen in a week i didn't change in a month i didn't change really overnight but after several weeks several months of this and i could see that sort of progress and that momentum building now it's over a decade later and i'm a much different person much happier much more fulfilled and i still have those cynical and depressed thoughts at times the difference is now i know i have a choice and i can choose to cultivate that state or i can choose its opposite my intention in today's practice is to remind you that you always have that choice in your thoughts and your actions and behaviors as well. And we all have our lows and our negative thoughts and our, our down days, and that's totally fine. And that's all part of the stira sukha, of the, the sort of dance of effort and ease, of times where we're going to be very active and engaged. And there's times where we're going to be just shut down, we're going to be withdrawn, we're going to want to just lay in bed and do nothing, and that's totally fine. But if you start to feel stuck, this Yoga Sutra can be a reminder of how to get unstuck. Pratipaksha Bhavana. When negativity arises, when we're stuck in one of these states that we don't necessarily want to stay in, or we want to change, but we're not able to, we don't quite know how, just look to the opposite. So if I've been eating ice cream for a week straight in bed, maybe I eat something that's like the opposite of ice cream, like drink hot tea and do something that's the opposite of being in bed, like being outside in the sun. Right, so it's it's kind of simple. It's almost too simple in a way of just doing the opposite. And this is one of the Ayurvedic principles as well, which I talk about in other episodes about uh, in Ayurveda, everything is about like increases like and opposites bring balance, right? And this is probably stemmed from that Ayurvedic teaching, this teaching, Pratipaksha Bhavana. When we get out of balance, cultivate the opposite. So I just want to let you know that registration is closing in two weeks for Mindful New Year, my online and in-person retreat on January 17th in Austin, Texas. This is all about reviewing the past year and planning the next year, applying yoga, Ayurveda, and Vedic astrology to your everyday life, and really setting out a grounded, succinct, focused framework for your whole year ahead. And best times, times to avoid, possible challenges and themes that are probably coming up. So when you understand these sort of themes of the year based on Ayurveda and Vedic astrology, and you know what practices are going to help keep you in balance, it just makes the whole year flow a lot smoother. And this is something I've been applying to myself since uh, 2010 or so, and I keep refining it, and I'm really excited to share it with you this year. And you can do it online or in person, January 17th, when it starts and that's a weekend uh, so check out mindfulnewyear.com to sign up for that and uh, we're going to have the registration close in two weeks so we can make sure we get all the lodging and the food handled uh, in advance and you can support this podcast the only weekly yoga practice podcast by leaving an honest review and subscribing that actually makes a huge difference for the algorithm in uh, apple Podcasts and spotify wherever you listen 
And then if you want to keep in touch with me, the best way is to join the Quiet Mind community. Just go to quietmind.yoga and sign up for any of those free downloads and you'll start receiving regular updates from me about classes, retreats, online trainings. I do special things like giveaways and uh, special offers and things that you won't find anywhere else. It only goes out to that email list. Uh, so that's where you can join that at quietmind.yoga. And thank you, if always, as always, to our supporters, Erica Fromm, Anna Nieste, and Virginia Sudella for your continued support. If you want to be a supporter, check out the link in the show notes, and you can support for as little as 99 cents a month, up to $9.99 a month. All right, so again, enjoy your practice today. It's a gentle yoga class, working on the hamstrings and the back, a little more focus there, but also applying this concept of Pratipaksha Bhavana. Notice it today in your practice. Notice it as you move through your day and your week and see if there's places where maybe you've gone too far in one direction of these polarities, and maybe you want to come back to center. Maybe you want to go a little bit to the other extreme to find that center. All right, so I hope this is helpful for you, and enjoy your practice today. So let's take a moment just centering here with the hands together at the heart, bowing the mind to the heart and to each other, and take a breath in through the nose, and a breath out through the mouth. Release the hands down. And we'll come down to the back and start there. Knees in towards the body, rocking side to side on the back. Just gentle, soothing motions for the low back, the upper back. And then come back to center. One hand on each knee. You could cross the ankles if you want here. That feels more grounding usually. And then as you exhale, bring the knees in towards the body. As you inhale, press the knees away from the body. It's a subtle movement. As you exhale, you can draw in. As you inhale, knees out. So you feel the pelvis and the lower back moving in a natural way. So this is called the lumbopelvic rhythm, which is really important to the health of the spine. Basically, it just means that when the pelvis tilts in one direction, the spine arches or rounds in an appropriate direction with that tilt. So when we press the knees out, there's a little bit of an arch in the low back. And when we pull the knees in, there's a little bit of rounding in the low back. And just being aware of this throughout the day can be the, the, the huge difference between back pain and no back pain. When you're sitting in a chair, at a desk, in the car, being aware of the tilt of the pelvis and the low back positioning can make a huge difference. So let the feet down to the floor, feet or hips width apart, and close enough in that your fingertips could touch your heels. And then here, tilt the pelvis in and start to lift the lower spine off the ground. And we'll just go inch by inch up into bridge and then inch by inch back down to the low back. So we won't arch the back for this movement. As you inhale, you'll peel the spine up. As you exhale, you'll lower one vertebrae at a time back down. And you could start small and progress with this if you want. But moving in a natural way with your breath, inhaling up, exhaling down. 
for nearly everybody, there are some parts of the spine that are just harder to access. They're less mobile, right? It just depends on your lifestyle, just history, injuries, anything like that. So what we're going for is just a little more mobility so that we have maybe a little more control over the whole spine and less of these tight stuck spots where the spine is immobile. Inhaling up and exhaling down. Last little bit here with this. And then lower the hips back down to the ground. Grab one of your blocks and we'll put it at the lowest height under the pelvis. So you're in a supported bridge pose. So it's not under your low back. That's not going to be as supportive. It's under your pelvis. So you want to make sure you feel like you could stay here for a long time. Hips resting down to the block. So from here, you could stay just like that if that feels good. If you're feeling more open, you could go a step further and have a second block also at the bottom height, the lowest height under the pelvis. You could try it. If you don't like it, you can go back. Let the arms relax, palms up, shoulders relax. Pelvis heavy onto the blocks. Soften the lower belly so when you inhale, the breath expands the lower belly. When you exhale, the belly softens. And then from here, we'll slowly release down off the blocks. Spine back down to the floor. <clears throat> back to that starting position, that starting position for bridge. I'm just feeling the spine on the ground. And then grab your strap. And we'll bring that to the arch of the right foot. And the right leg extends towards the ceiling. So left knee could stay bent, foot on the floor, if that feels gentler for you, or you could have the left leg extend. That's going to add a little bit more to the stretch here. So here we'll bend the right knee and straighten the right knee a few times, just easing into the hamstrings. So not starting with our deepest stretch, And then we'll hold with the right leg vertical, right heel towards the ceiling, shoulders relax. You could wrap the strap around your hands so the arms don't have to do any work. There's no grip strength needed. You're just kind of arms there just enough to keep the strap, keeping the leg up. 
So hamstrings, there's three muscles. Usually we know we focus on the middle hamstring, uh, which we're doing right now. But to get the other two, all we gotta do is rotate the leg. So rotate the leg to the right. So the leg stays vertical. You don't move the leg out to the side. Just keep the leg straight, but rotate. So the toes point towards the right corner of the room behind you. You'll know you're there when you feel a slightly different stretch on the inner thigh of the right leg. If you go too far, you'll feel this in the knee and we don't want that. So just make sure no pain in the knee. And back to center and rotate the leg to your left about 15 degrees till you feel the stretch in the outer right leg. back to center and the strap into the left hand to bring the leg maybe just 15 degrees to the left and you focus on the outer hip stretch and that if that feels good you could stay there if you want the twist you could bring the right leg all the way towards the ground into a twist you could even have a block under your right foot in that twist Wherever you're at, right shoulders towards the ground and turn the head away from the right leg. There's a gentle rotation of the whole spine here. start to come back to center and then strap into the right hand and out to the right left hand is on the left hip to help you sort of stay grounded here because if that left hip comes too far off the ground this could start to hurt the low back you want to make sure you can keep the left leg down and open the leg out open the right leg out to the right start to come back to center and release the strap and let the right leg down just noticing left and right just feeling the legs on the floor resting for a moment between sides notice any sensations you feel in the body so your awareness increasing of 
the more subtle sensations, the temperature on the legs, qualities of openness or closeness, heavy and light. alert and relaxed. And from here, we'll bend the right knee, right foot on the floor to bring the left leg up. So the arch of the strap to the arch of the foot. And again, the right knee can be bent on this side or right leg straight. Either way is fine, but right leg straight can probably be a little more challenging. And then we'll bend and straighten the left knee a few times, easing into the hamstrings. And then coming into the pose, Supta Padangustasana. So we're holding here. And again, you could wrap the strap around the hands. So you've got an easier grip there. You don't have to do much work in the hands. So that your arms kind of relax and press through the left heel towards the ceiling. And slow, steady breaths, aware of sensations in the body. Now keep everything the same, just rotate the leg to the left, about 15 degrees, leg stays vertical, until you feel slightly different stretch, maybe in the inner left thigh. Pressing through the heel of the foot towards the ceiling, shoulders stay relaxed. We'll come back to center and rotate to the right about 15 degrees until you feel that different stretch in the back of the leg. back to center. Now the strap to the right hand and leg comes across the body, maybe just 15 degrees or so, 15 to 30. You could stay there, keeping the stretch in the outer left leg or all the way towards a twist. And you could use a block under the leg if you want in that twist. Left shoulder towards the ground and turn the head away from the left leg. 
We'll start to come back to center and strap into the left hand, open out to the left. Right hand on your right hip, just as a guide to make sure the right hip doesn't move off the ground so you feel stable and supported there. No pain in the low back. slowly back to center, move the strap and let the leg down to the ground, just noticing left and right, pausing before we move on, <clears throat> resting on the ground, noticing the qualities of the body again, the heavy or light, open or closed, tense or relaxed. And here we'll bring the knees in towards the body, gently rocking side to side on the back. And then over to one side and then pressing back up. Let's take the blanket out to go to hands and knees. Just have the blanket under your knees because we'll be on the knees for a little bit. So here, just start to move any way that feels good for your body, forward, back, side to side. Listening to your body, listening to what feels most natural and nourishing for you right now. Always trusting that you have the answers within you. You know what you need. And then we'll come back to center. We'll start to focus on the shoulders and upper back a little more. So bring your hands wider apart, maybe even off the mat if you have long arms like me. And then start to move side to side. As you go down to the other side, lower the chest, shoulder blades together. And then all the way around, rounding the back. So it's like a cat-cow kind of motion, but also going side to side and focusing more on the thoracic spine, upper back. Shoulder blades together and shoulder blades apart as you go side to side. And then go the opposite direction, same motion. If there's any spots that feel interesting or a little tenser, you could stay there for a moment. But bring some movement into the upper back here.
and then back to center. The hands stay just as they are and keep the arms straight. So no bending the elbows for this. We're just gonna move this, the scapula up and down the back. So hips move back and the scapula rise up the back. And then hips move forward as if you're trying to move your head to the front of the mat, but the arms stay straight, scapula down the back. So just going forward and back like this for the shoulder blades. And then lastly, any movements or holds that feel really good for your body here. Let's take the next couple of breaths to either stay still in a position or move around in the shoulders, listening to the shoulders and bringing some movement into these areas that tend to get pretty tense and stuck for a lot of people. So one of the main principles of yoga philosophy is when you feel something out of balance or maybe you feel stuck or tense or negative in some way, you cultivate the opposite. So if you want to bring balance into your life, you cultivate the opposite. So where there is tension and something holding on in the body, we want to cultivate the opposite and bring movement and gentleness into that area. But also, not just in the movements, but also in our attitude about it and our awareness of it. Just being gentle and compassionate to these parts of the body that are holding tension for probably a good reason. And then we'll come back to center, to hands and knees, bring the hands back under the shoulders and extend the arms straight ahead and lower the forehead and chest towards the ground. If the forehead doesn't touch the ground, you could put a block under the head. The main emphasis here is the lengthening of the pec in the shoulder here. And we'll start to come up a little bit and bring the left arm underneath, left shoulder towards the ground. And you can go a little deeper here if you want by bringing your right hand in closer to the head and pressing down into the right hand, reaching with the left hand. Breathe into the upper back. So when you inhale, there's an expansion under the left shoulder blade. And intuitively, you just know what the opposite quality of tension, pain, stagnation is. It's movement, it's lighter, it's softer, it's gentler, it's compassionate. Breathing into that space with those qualities. We'll start to come back to center. And we'll switch sides, right shoulder, towards the ground, right side of head down. Left hand comes in closer to the head to press into the left hand and reach with the right arm. So it opens that space between the shoulder blade and the spine and you can breathe into that space. With your inhales expanding, with your exhales softening.
Then we'll start to untwist back to center, back to hands and knees, and then knees wide apart, hips to heels, arms extending, and walk. Once you're back down with the hips back towards the heels, crawl your hands a little bit further forward, creating more of that stretch in the pec and shoulder, head rest down. Start to walk your hands back in. And here, you can sit kneeling if you want, or you can sit cross-legged. We're going to focus on the shoulders, so however your legs are sitting, either way is fine. Sitting on a block between the legs might feel nice here. Just kind of frees up the spine a bit, but sitting cross-legged is good too. So here, we'll have the arms come up overhead. And then bend the elbows, shoulder blades towards each other on the back. Strengthening the upper back, opening the front of the shoulders. Holding and breathing here for a moment. So I had a shoulder issue for a long time and I kept stretching it and thinking that would help and it wasn't working. And I went to work with a body worker and she had me actually contract all these muscles in the back and the traps and the shoulders and hold that tension until the muscle fatigued. And that was what let the tension release. And I think that works really well in the upper back rather than trying to stretch an already tense and protected muscle, but just letting it contract and hold as much tension as it can until it gets tired of holding that tension. Because again, it's tense, so in some ways, stretching is creating more tension. If you think of like stretching a string, like on an instrument, it's creating more tension. So actually contracting it like this could be eventually creating less tension. And then here we'll reach the arms overhead and reach through your index fingers and that contracts the upper traps and the shoulders more here. Usually we don't want to do that, but for this today, we're fatiguing the muscle. So letting that contraction happen here, reaching through the index fingers helps exacerbate that. Holding that tension as best you can, right? It starts to get tiring after a while. It starts to get a little harder to hold. That's okay. It's what we want. And then again, bending the elbows, shoulder blades towards each other on the back. So this is the lower traps, the rhomboids, some of the scapular muscles. Holding, breathing. 
and then arms overhead again, reaching through the index fingers, contracting the upper traps. And then slowly floating the arms down. To walk your right hand over to the right and bring the left arm overhead for a side bend. Lengthening the left ribs, left side of the body. You can let your head look down towards the ground or you can look up at the palm if you want. And really everything we do in the practice, you can notice where, what your state is, how you're feeling. If you're feeling a little tired and you want more energy, cultivate the opposite by doing something more active like looking up at the palm. Or if you feel like you want more grounding, maybe you're a little too anxious or wired, you can look down at the floor, right? So that would be the opposite. It's more centering, more grounding. And then slowly reach the left arm straight out to the left. So everything stays the same. And the left arm reaches straight out to the left from the shoulder. And then right ear towards right shoulder, turn the nose towards the ground and then turn the nose towards the ceiling. And we'll do that movement a couple of times here. It might even feel good to open your jaw like you're yawning to soften the trap in the neck here. And then take about two or three breaths to slowly float the left arm back down to the ground. Come back to center. Just notice left and right side of the shoulders. Just pausing between sides, feeling the effects, light, heavy, tense, relaxed. Start to walk the left hand out to the left, right arm overhead. And again, you can look down or you could look up at the palm. We'll hold here, breathing into the right ribs, creating some expansion with the inhales and softening with the exhales. Now everything stays the same, just reach your right arm straight out to the right in line with the shoulder. And left ear towards left shoulder, turning the nose towards the ground, and then the nose towards the ceiling. A couple of times, turning the neck. If you want, you could open the jaw and make yawning motions of the jaw. And then take the next two or three breaths to slowly float the right arm down towards the ground. And come back up to sitting. Just resting the hands on the lap, just noticing left and right side. These qualities of opposites, light, heavy, tense, relaxed, open, closed. Here we'll 
come off of the block or the sitting posture, wherever you're at, coming back to hands and knees. We'll go to a downward facing dog, strengthening, stabilizing the shoulder joint a little bit here, pedaling the feet out, shifting weight side to side. You could stay still if you want, you could move if you want. Always listening to your body, you know what's best for you. And we'll come forward to a plank pose, shoulders over the wrist. You could have the knees down for this if you want, but a little more shoulder stabilization because we're doing a lot of movement and stuff like that. So we want shoulder stability as well. Shoulders over the wrist, arms straight. Again, knees can be lifted or lowered, either way is fine. Holding and breathing. And if your knees are lifted, lower them down. Come all the way down to the belly. And here, we'll bring the hands right under the shoulders and lift the head off the ground any amount. Point your hands back, palms face down. Locust arms, reaching the arms back. Tops of feet are down, pelvis pressing down, heart lifted. Strong back, strong spinal muscles, all supporting the back. And then arms out into a T, adding on. If that's too much, you can go back to the first one. So we're adding a little of this good stress to the shoulders and hopefully fatiguing them a little bit more. And if you want, arms out in a V overhead. If that's too much, go back to the T or the locust arms. Holding and breathing here. And then let the arms relax, arms beside you. Turn the palms up and turn the head to one side, softening the shoulders and back. Come back to head facing the ground, nose facing the ground, lifting the head, lifting the hands, palms face down, reaching back, locust arms, tops of feet are down, pelvis pressing down to support the back, and then maybe arms out in a T, holding, breathing here for a moment. And then if you want, arms in a V overhead. And this one, we want the pinkies towards each other, so less of the work in the upper traps like we did earlier, and the arms are externally rotated. That's more supportive. That's generally safer for the shoulders. And then arms down beside you, palms up, turn the head to the other side, and rest, softening the back.
From here, we'll come to a Sphinx pose, so elbows under the shoulders. Palms are down, forearms down. And to support the back, a little bit of core work here. We'll peel the spine, so the belly, the ribs, the hips, maybe all the way to the knees into a forearm plank, tucking the toes. And then we'll reverse all of that. When you inhale, you'll go down knees, hips, belly. Moving the spine like a wave of motion. So you exhale as you come up. Maybe you stop at the knees. Maybe you go all the way to the forearm plank. And when you come down, you inhale. So moving with the natural expansion and contraction of the diaphragm. If the body's really shaky or if it's hard to breathe, do less. Are you getting plenty of benefit even if you keep the knees down, even if you keep the pelvis down, just that awareness of the spine and that engagement of the deep core muscles to support the back? Next time you come to Sphinx Pose, we'll stay there, forearms down. Hands down, heart lifting, shoulders down the back. Energetically push down and pull back with the hands to help the heart lift and the spine extend out of the low back. And then here we'll lower down hands under the shoulders, and then hands a little wider off the mat onto fingertips. Elbows lift up over the wrists, and then lift the heart into this version of Cobra Pose. Turn the head to the left and the right shoulder towards the ground. And we'll hold there for a moment. So be gentle with this. There's a little internal rotation of the shoulder, which is, we generally don't want to do too much of but this might feel like a nice stretch on the deltoids and the chest and the shoulder. And we'll come back to center, turn the head to the right, and left shoulder moves towards the ground. And your left elbow comes a little bit forward to emphasize that stretch in the left shoulder and chest. And then we'll come back to center, heart lifting. And we'll release the hands down under the shoulders. And we'll come back up to hands and knees. So here we'll take our blanket. So normally it's like this rectangle shape. We'll take it out to a longer rectangle. And then roll it up as firmly as you can. So if this is too loose, it won't have the same effect. So you want to have a firm roll there. And that will go under the shoulder blades. So the thicker this is, the more intense this will be. If you need it to be less intense, you just make that roll thinner. But end up having that under the shoulder blade so that the actual tops of the shoulders can touch the floor on the other side of it.
If you get there and you don't feel a lot of sensation, you could come back up and make your roll thicker. If you feel too much sensation, come up and make the roll thinner. So you definitely don't want your shoulders floating off the ground here. You want your shoulders in contact with the ground. Right. And if you, also, if it feels a little off, you might need to make the roll a little tighter. So if it's too flat, it'll kind of diminish the effects as well. So make any adjustments you need to, so you feel like you could stay here for a while. You feel like there's you know maybe 40 to 60% of your capacity. Like you could go in a bigger version of this if you needed to. But we're about 40 to 60% and we're going to stay for a while. So at, over time, it will really start to open things up. In this area of the thoracic spine usually has a curve that's the opposite of this. So we sit at a desk, or we look at a phone, a device, we get that kyphotic curve in the upper back and it rounds. Right, so we're doing the opposite of that here, and that, that kyphotic curve is one of the main ways we can build a lot of tension and stress in the neck and shoulders and the upper back. So taking that curve out, decompressing the upper spine, opening the chest and shoulders. And as you inhale, even breathe into the blanket so you feel there's a sort of pr pressure against the blanket when you inhale, the lungs expand into it. When you exhale, a softening. And as always, if you stay here for a bit and it feels like too much, you can come out and make the roll thinner. Never have to push through pain here. I always want to listen to pain as an indicator to do less. Slow breaths into the blanket.
We'll start to transition off of the blanket. And just take a moment on your back without the blanket. So just move it out to the side, come down to your back. These moments of just noticing are so important, just feeling the effects of what you've done and not rushing on to the next thing in life, but just pausing and feeling. It's a significant movement. Notice the effects as a lighter, softer, more open. And from here, we'll come over to one side and back up to sitting. And so one of the main things we all do a lot that we don't often do the opposite of is uh, we're normally aligned to gravity vertically. So gravity's pulling us down and we see that as we age. <laughs> So we'll do the opposite. We'll go in, away from gravity. So you could have your legs elevated on your bolster if you want, or you can come over to a wall space behind you and have your legs up the wall. All right, so it's called active reversal or Viparati Karani. It's the changing the, the relationship to gravity. But you can get the same effect just resting your legs on the bolster if you want to. It's just a slightly milder version. So either way is fine. Whatever feels more natural to you right now, you can have the legs up the wall or legs up on the bolster. And when you go to the wall, you just want to be within a foot of the wall. Your tail doesn't have to touch the wall, but somewhere within a foot of it. If having the legs vertical doesn't feel good, you could even have them bent slightly if you need to. But otherwise, legs are vertical. Make sure the knees don't hyperextend. So there's still just a, a micro bend in the joint. And you can feel as soon as you get into it, there's a, there's a gravity, there's a, a groundedness to it in the upper body and also a lightness and openness in the lower body.
And we'll start to extend the exhales to calm the nervous system even more. So you can count the breath if you want, inhaling to five, exhaling to eight, or just feel it out. So longer exhales. We'll continue that for the next minute and a half or so, just inhaling for about a five count, exhaling for about an eight count. Back to a normal breath. And if you want to stay here for Shavasana, you can do that. If you want to come down to your back for Shavasana, just laying flat, you could do that. But we'll have a couple more minutes here for the rest of the class. Legs up the walls, generally recommended to practice about 15 minutes or so. So it's something you could, you could do anytime, anywhere, and usually about 15 minutes is a good amount of time to stay there, to sort of reset the nervous system. Thank you. 
If you have legs up the wall, start to make small movements to bend the knees and slowly transition off the wall. And we'll all start to move the fingers and toes, hands and feet. Just eventually transitioning to your side and back up to a comfortable seated posture. Take your time, no rush. Close the practice, sitting tall. Find the slight tilt of the pelvis like we did way at the beginning of class, slightly tilting forward and back, feeling that connection of the pelvis to the lower spine, all the way up through the spine to the top of the head. So when the pelvis moves, the spine moves in a natural, aligned way. Finding somewhere in the middle where you feel like you can sit tall, alert, and relaxed. And bring the hands together at the heart, symbolizing the balance of and union of all the opposites and polarities within ourselves and in our lives. Bowing the mind to the heart and to each other. Thank you for practicing today. Namaste.